The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this show, we'll get a review of Disney Cruise Line's Disney Wonder, based down there in Port Canaveral. Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, is standing by with Cruise News. Also, Sherry Kennedy is sailing aboard Norwegian Getaway. We'll check in with her in just a couple of minutes, see what she's up to at sea. But first, I do want to back up a couple of seconds here and tell you, if you are new to this show or a first-time listener, thank you so much for being here. So happy to have you. And I do want to tell you, we have like 420-something back episodes for you to catch up on. And you can do that at iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, or iTunes, or just look us up on our website, cruiseradio.net. So before we go any further, let's check in with Sherry Kennedy. She's on a sailing right now aboard Norwegian Getaway in the Caribbean. Sherry, where are you right now? I don't know. We're just floating around somewhere between the Honduran and the Caribbean seas. I didn't even know there was a Honduran sea until I looked at the map. Awesome. (laughs) We're just out here drifting. Very cool. How was the ship? Ship's beautiful. You know, it's really either you love Norwegian Cruise Line or you're curious about it and you're not quite sure what to make of it because of the freestyle mm-hmm. concept. Um, the ship itself is great. Um, there's the, um, the buffet upstairs on 15. It's a little bit small, but it really wouldn't be if, if we were in port and half the ship was gone and the rest remained on for lunch. So that would be it. You know, it would be fine. Nice. So uh, what is a must-do on this ship that you've found in the few days you've been on board? Well, the must-do, the first one you must do is Margaritaville up on deck 16 aft. And it's, you know, Jimmy Buffett collaboration. There is a surcharge, so, you know, you will be expected to pay, but it's just like any of the other pay-for specialty restaurants, except this is, you know, really casual. It's outdoors. Conch fritters are awesome. They've got just enough heat. There's a little bit of jalapeno in it, and you can get, of course, you know, different margaritas, uh, and it's just really kind of fun. They're playing Jimmy Buffett music in the background, and it's mostly the old Jimmy Buffett stuff that I like that I could sing along with. Last question here, Sherry, is uh, when you're not doing interviews or writing, where can you be found on Norwegian Getaway? Down in the atrium. You can find a little corner where it's quiet. There's a lot of activity in the center, but they have tables by the window, and you can just sit there and look out the window and have a coffee or a cupcake and enjoy the view. Awesome. Well, when you get back, I want to get you on the show and give a full, comprehensive review of Norwegian Getaway. Deal? It's a deal. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your sailing, Sherry. Good talking to you. Thanks, Doug. See you soon. All right, Sherry. Safe travels. Now it's Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. A lot of action happened in Miami today. Yeah, it has been uh, an exciting day. I mean, it started off with Royal Caribbean uh, announcing that uh, Oasis 4, which uh, is now named Symphony of the Seas, 
uh, will debut in Miami, not Fort Lauderdale. It'll debut in Miami. It'll be homeported there. And uh, it'll be slightly larger than Harmony of the Seas. Uh, Harmony is uh, 227,000 tons. And Symphony of the Seas will be 230,000 tons. Wow. And joining um, Symphony of the Seas in Miami, which is literally across the street from their uh, you know, Royal Caribbean's world headquarters, uh, will be Allure of the Seas. Huh. So the South Florida, the, the Florida lineup is going to be um, Symphony of the Seas and Allure of the Seas from Miami, Harmony of the Seas from uh, Port Everglades and Fort Lauderdale, and Oasis of the Seas out of uh, Port Canaveral, uh, which is the port for Orlando, which really makes sense. I mean, these are the three largest ports in the world, and these are the ports that could actually handle uh, ships of this size. And uh, they will continue doing their eastern and western uh, Caribbean itineraries. Quick question then, Stuart. So there's a 3,000-ton difference between Harmony and Symphony. Uh, what makes up that 3,000 tons? Is that like more staterooms or what? Uh, it could be a few windows, uh, a closed-in area. They could close in the ping-pong table area. Uh-huh. Um, but realistic, they could make the basketball court uh, indoors, and uh, that, that creates the additional um, interior volume. But realistically, uh, Michael Bailey, uh, the president of uh, Royal Caribbean, told me today that uh, there are going to be some some new features that they're going to add to the ship, which they'll reveal at a later time. Also, some news about their private island today, Coco Key. Well, they're going to be building a pier, but uh, uh, at, at Coco Key, so essentially all four of the Oasis class ships uh, will be able to uh, visit uh, Coco Key. Right now, Royal Caribbean does not visit any ports that they have to tender. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one of the reasons that you know you look at the you know one of the, the popular itineraries or ports in the in the Western Caribbean is Grand is uh, Grand Cayman, and none of the um, Oasis class ships visit there because they're not going to tender um, you know sixty three hundred passengers. Yes. So uh, if Coco Key wants to, if in the Bahamas wants to see uh, any of the Oasis class ships, well here we go we have a resolution, and they're going to build a, uh, a pier similar to what they've got uh, in Labadee uh, down in, in Haiti. Um, and then the other thing, Doug, speaking of Royal Caribbean, they, they had the groundbreaking ceremony uh, for their new uh, $250 million uh, cruise terminal at Port Miami. They're called, Port Miami is called a Terminal A. Uh, it will be a signature building for Miami as a whole. Royal Caribbean, with their crown and anchor, calls it, uh, you know, right now they're, they're kind of calling it the, uh, the crown terminal. So uh, it was it was a big day for for Royal. It's going to be a pretty exciting uh, time period as they prepare for uh, Symphony of the Seas arrival in Miami at her new home in 2018. After uh, she will be delivered in April of 18, she'll like Allure and and Harmony. She'll spend the season in Europe uh, in the Mediterranean before making her way home. Moving on to more news, MSC Cruises reveals their version of Magic Band. It's like a, an older version of what Royal Caribbean may have debuted back in uh, 2014 on Quantum of the Seas. RFID technology um, is going to be dependent on passengers, uh, you know, having their, you know, their, their phones. It, it just seems kind of pointless. Uh, adults are going to have to buy them. You know, good luck with that one. And then the kids are going to get them for free. I mean, you know, the, these are ships that uh, are not very family friendly because they don't have a lot of cabins that can hold three and four passengers in them. So, 
it's it's almost like you know what you know what rock have you people been been under over there in Italy? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I'm just going to say that the announcement was poorly executed and that it's going to be a lot cooler than they're leading it up to be. It may very well be, but it's these these devices are all dependent on other devices. They're they're hoping that everybody brings their devices and is is ready to is is ready and willing to utilize their devices on board their ships. Um, whereas, let's say on Ocean Medallion, which is being developed by Carnival Corp, um, and then there's uh, Excalibur, which is being developed by Royal Caribbean. Um, I mean, the, the devices are independent. Uh, you don't need. I mean, everyone's going to be issued one. Let's say on Ocean Medallion, which uh, debuts on uh, Regal Princess uh, in November of 2017. Um, it really does make the the overall experience uh, much more pleasant. And enjoyable and, and convenient because you can put the device in your pocket. You don't even have to wear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, part of your ensemble. Um, you know, this is you know seems very dependent on you know you having your own devices and, and communication. And you know, I think they're going to need the cow to jump over the moon. Um, you know, I, I wish them luck. Last but not least, Carnival Splendor had some technical issues over the past few or the past couple sailings, I guess. What, what's going on with this ship? Well, they're they're having some propulsion issues, which you know when they do have these issues, the the, the ship itself does not uh, have any problems. Meaning the, the ship does operate as normal. It's just they're not able to go as fast, which means that uh, there could be a um, shorter time in ports, or it could be skipped ports. And uh, they're, they're, they do have technicians, and they are trying to get to the bottom of it to to get the ship back in order. But uh, the ship is is definitely you know 100% safe to sail, and uh, you know we haven't heard uh, a whole lot of people complaining about it. Been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy from CruiseGuy.com, or follow him on Twitter at CruiseGuy. Thank you, man. Hey, my pleasure. Cruise Radio, maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Jeremy just returned from a four-night cruise on Disney Cruise Line's Disney Wonder out of Port Canaveral. He joins us on the line this evening. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Doug. How are you doing? 
Good, man. Now, you're no stranger to Disney because you're down there in Celebration, Florida. So uh, give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this four-night sailing with Disney Cruise Line? Well, there were a couple things. One, we hadn't been on the Wonder in a while, and it just went through its reimagining. Also, we got a sweet Florida resident discount. So uh, those are the two major things. You mentioned it got reimagined. What kind of enhancements did it get? The pool deck got a lot of work. There's a really cool family slide now. It used to be where only uh, kids could go down the slide. They actually got rid of the old Mickey pool for that slide. And also there's a splash zone for the little kids that's themed to uh, Finding Dory. Awesome. So um, you make your way down to the cruise terminal down there in Port Canaveral. How was the embarkation process for you? It was good. We had our time to board Uh, which was a little bit later uh, than we had liked, but we did book kind of late, so we got as early as we could. Um, We parked the car, went through security, and we were on pretty quickly. Um, It was a little crowded in there, but with the Castaway Club line, we were through pretty quick. Was this your first time on Disney Wonder? No, this is actually our sixth time on the Disney Wonder. (laughs) Wow, So, so you're no stranger to the ship then. No, we were very familiar with it. I myself was actually a little nervous with the changes Mm -hmm. that it might have taken away some of uh, the sentimental reasons that we loved it so much. But it turned out they did a great job making it feel like it was still the older ship, but putting in some pretty cool new stuff. Yeah, very cool. So what kind of stateroom did you book on this and uh, what did you think of it? We had an Ocean View stateroom, I think a deluxe Ocean View stateroom on the second deck, and it was good. We got it as a guarantee status uh, with a Florida resident discount. So we had our fingers crossed that we might get an upgrade, but it didn't work out. But we were very happy with the Ocean View. Plenty of room, drop-down bunk for one of the kiddos and a fold-out couch for the other one. Plenty of room for us. With the new beds that they have on there, it's a lot easier to slide your luggage mm-hmm. underneath. So storage wasn't an issue, which it had been in the past before they put the new beds in. With Disney, do all the ships have the two bathrooms in the stateroom? Yes. Yeah, they all have the split bathroom, which is nice. So one person can use a sink while the other one's in the shower while you're getting ready. Mm-hmm. It's not you know, a, a necessary perk, but it definitely, it definitely fits its purpose well. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about dining. How was your dining on board this four-night sailing? Dining was really good. Um, One of the new restaurants replaced Parrot Key, uh, which used to be our favorite. Uh, Now it's Tiana's Place. And they were all really good. It seems like Disney has kind of tried to up their game in the main dining rooms from a few years ago. So we were very happy with the dining and the dining rooms and the room service we took advantage of as well. And uh, the pool deck restaurants or, I guess, quick service places were all very good. You said dining rooms. I, I assume this ship has, like the other ships, rotational dining? Yes. Uh, three restaurants, uh, Triton's, Animator's Palette, and then, of course, Tiana's Place. Which one was your favorite? The food in Triton's we liked the best, or at least I did. Uh, The theming in Tiana's place really made you feel like you were in a New Orleans-style restaurant, and that was really nice. We liked that. So if you said, hey, I just want to dine in Triton's all four nights, would you be able to do that, or do you have to be on the go every night? You have three restaurants that you rotate through every night. Mm -hmm. Um, Normally, 
one of the restaurants is open for breakfast and possibly uh, lunch on some of the longer sailings. But as far as dinner goes, you have your assigned dining room that you go to each night. That is, unless you uh, get a reservation at uh, Palo. Gotcha. What was your favorite meal? I had a really good prime rib in Animator's Palace, which in the past had been kind of the weakest of the restaurants, but the theming had always kind of made up for it. But I think my favorite meal was that prime rib that night. Nice. So let's talk about entertainment on board Disney Wonder. Of course, we all know Disney really excels at entertainment. So what were your thoughts of the entertainment on this four-night sailing? We only went to one of the shows since we've been on, you know, eight other Disney cruises. We've seen all the other ones that that were going. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Frozen show was spectacular. Um, it was a little bit different than I had thought it would be. I mean, like you said, we live right next door to Disney World. So, you know, we've seen just about every type of Frozen show you can imagine. Uh, but this one was different. They had some uh, puppeteering and some really cool special effects. It was really a high-quality show. Um, two of my daughters particularly really enjoyed it. How was the, uh, the firework night? The firework night was good. Um, it's a pirate party, um, so there's a lot of on-deck dancing around. The characters make some special appearances and their special get-ups. And the fireworks are really nice, uh, set to music. Um, and I guess they're the only line at sea that is uh, doing fireworks now. Does your family get geared up into pirate night? Um, we don't get as geared up no. into it as some do. <laughs> right. um, we kind of have some Mickey pirate ears that we've gotten from prior sailings. And uh, I think we got the kids some plastic swords in the past. Uh, but some people really go all out. Um, <laughs> and I think on the uh, Disney Wonder now, there's even a kid's boutique where you can get all dolled up like a pirate um, uh, for uh, extra cost. Nice. Disney knows how to do that. Disney can get the money from you. They know how to do it. They can. They've gotten lots from us over the year, that's for sure. Yeah, they make you smile while you're doing it, too. So as far as sea days on this four-night sailing, uh, how were they as far as crowds and congestion? I think this was a pretty light sailing, so it wasn't too bad, with the exception of around the adult pool. Um, That was pretty busy throughout the entire cruise, honestly. The hot tubs were always filled up. It was difficult to get lounge chairs right by the pool, but you could find them up on the next deck up, looking down over the pool. But it was a little congested around the adult pool area. Gotcha. Let's talk about your one of your port stops is Disney's private island, Castaway Key. What were your thoughts of that? I know you've probably been there many a times, but this go-around, what did you think of it? We did this one a little bit differently. Um, in the past, we'd always gotten off the ship early, gone to the family beach and snorkeled and hit the water slides and that kind of stuff. This year, um, we actually, my wife and I, ran in the Castaway Key 5K um, first thing in the morning. So we got in uh, a good three miles of running before um, uh, we went out and had some family fun. But we love Castaway Key. The family beach is so nice. There's always plenty of chairs in the shade. Um, If you're lucky enough to snag a hammock, that's great too. But we just kind of took it easy in the morning. We hung out on the beach. The kids made sandcastles. We had a great lunch. Uh, But in the afternoon, my wife and I, and actually her mom, we decided to go parasailing, which was a really great experience. Awesome. Very cool. Now, is the parasailing part of like a Disney excursion? Yes. Yeah. Nice. And then you went to Nassau as well. So what'd you do in Nassau? We've been to Nassau many times. 
So we were doing something a little bit different. My wife actually works for the State Department, and we're going to be assigned to NASAW. We're going to live there for three years, uh, starting in August. So we rented a car and kind of drove around the island, checking out where um, the kids might possibly go to school, where some of our housing options might be. So we went to an Avis, just walking distance from the port, and got a van, and spent the day driving around. So we really didn't do much touristy stuff, um, but it was an interesting day for us. How much character interaction does Disney have on the actual ships themselves? There's a lot of characters. You can kind of choose how much interaction you want. A lot of the interaction is in deck shows and things like that. But there's also specific times of the day where a certain character will be in a specific spot. And you can just kind of walk up and meet them, get an autograph, get your picture taken. With the exception of there are um, a princess meet and greet where you have to either sign up online to get a reserved spot for one of those. And I think there was, there were five or six throughout the entire four night sailing and also um, an Anna and Elsa from frozen meet and greet. You couldn't just walk up and do those. You had to have prior reservations and uh, there was a crew member there checking your name off of a list that they had to make sure that you were part of that. It amazes me how popular four years later those characters still are on an Elsa. Like you go to Disney World and you're, you're, there's a still a four hour wait to meet them. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you can't do anything on an Elsa without a fast pass or without being there first thing in the morning. Right. Yeah. Now with the character interactions, are they laid out for you like the morning of, where like Donald Duck will be by the pool at ten o'clock? Yeah, they have it on um, the navigator sheet that they put in your room the night before, but they are also posted on screens around the ship Mm -hmm. and also on the uh, Disney Cruise Line Navigator app if you download that. Awesome. Let's talk about your disembarkation. You make your way back to Port Canaveral. How was the disembarkation process for you? It was pretty headache-free. For the first time, we actually didn't leave our luggage outside our stateroom the night before. We just had a few bags So we kept it with us, and it was very easy. We went down to breakfast, went back up to the room, picked up our stuff, and walked out. The whole process going from our stateroom to our car probably took no more than 30 minutes. Is Port Canaveral using the mobile passport app yet? No, No. not not that I'm aware of. Gotcha. So uh, looking back over your four-night sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? The day at Castaway Key was by far the biggest highlight, uh, just the relaxation, but also the parasailing. So that was the first time that we had ever experienced that, being way up in the air over those beautiful blue waters and uh, seeing the ship. That was a really memorable experience, and uh, we'll definitely plan on doing that again. What was your time on the 5K? Oh, wow. I don't remember. I finished before the uh, before the crew members had left to go on to other things. Okay, so um, my wife beat me by about 15 minutes, but she's much more of a runner than I am. Right. <laughs> is that free or do you have to pay for that? No, that is free. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you get a nice medal. Um, so uh, you get to keep your bib. Um, again, you do sign up for it ahead of time just so they make sure they have enough for everybody. But it, yeah, it is no charge. Cool. Do you have any first-time tips for people who are sailing Disney Wonder or Disney Cruise Line? My biggest 
tip is it can be really overwhelming to see how much stuff is going on. And um, I think you can lose some of the relaxation part of your vacation if you get too caught up in trying to do everything. Take it easy. Pick out your favorite things. And just know that if you don't get to everything, you can always go on another cruise again. Did you go with both your daughters on this sailing? We actually, we went with, uh, we have four children, Mm -hmm. and we also traveled with my wife's parents. So we put two of the kids in their stateroom and two of them with us. Cool. Let me ask you, uh, what do they think of the kids' club on board? The older kids all love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Our oldest is 17, so she was in the teen club, and she had a lot of fun going up there. You know, there's not as much... um, plan stuff up there. It's a lot of playing cards. They have a lot of games from the arcade are up there in that teen club. The two middle ones that are 10 and 8, they've basically kind of grown up on the ship. They started out in nursery and now they've moved up into the Oceaneer Club and Lab. And honestly, they would stay in there all day and never see their parents if, uh, if they could. Our youngest one is three. This was her first sailing she had never really taken part in anything like that. So she was a little bit overwhelmed. She would go into the club, but she would hang out with her older sister. But she had fun, too, just not quite as much as the other two. Nice. Well, uh, in closing here, Jeremy, give me your final thoughts of Disney Wonder. The Reimagined Disney Wonder is a beautiful ship. It really has that old-time transatlantic sailing feel to it with a lot of new cool upgrades, uh, particularly in the kids' clubs. I know a lot of parents were very jealous that their children got to spend so much time in there. And uh, I think don't just be focused on getting on one of the bigger, newer ships with Disney. Really try and give the wonder and magic to classic ships a chance. You, You won't regret it. We've been talking with Jeremy about his four-night Bahamas sailing aboard Disney Wonder out of Port Canaveral. Jeremy, thanks for being on the show this evening and sharing your review with us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. Online claims assistance and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.